All right. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Radical Humanity. My name is Ben Hoover, and welcome to my podcast show or series. And really, this is just a forum for me to lay out all my curiosity. It's really to explore. I love being able to investigate life with curiosity, with wonder. Um, I think it's wired... I'm going to guess that it's a primal part of all of us. It's intrinsic. Um, Some of us maybe access it more than others. And for me, um, I definitely love tapping into that part of myself. Um, Life is a mystery. It really is. Um, You know, and, and I like to say, don't, don't buy into people that think that they, 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 they know it all. We don't, we don't know what's beyond this. We don't know. It's, it's a mystery. Even, um, you know, in ancient writings and whatnot, and which is what I'm going to be talking about today in the, the scriptures and stuff, you know, even there's so much metaphor that Jesus uses and, and uh, analogies and parables and things like that, because the reality is, is it, it, we don't know. This life is mysterious, and it's a wonderful mystery. It's an exciting mystery, and that's what gets pricked in me, is this, uh, this excitement, this thirst to uh, to explore, to intimately engage with life, and so so this forum for me is to really explore my own humanity. So I like to get honest and genuine and vulnerable and talk about things, but I also do it in a conceptual way too. But really, I I, I like to kind of cover the, the the full spectrum of myself: the psychological realm, spirituality, uh, um, theology, things like that. <clears throat> so. It all, and when I say theology, I don't like theology because it's too. I mean, I don't like the 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 word theology. Um, it 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 has a, such a cerebral feel. When I talk about theology, I mean spirituality. I mean the spiritual nature within myself, um, and the psychological realm within myself, the emotional realm. It's all it's all connected. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I like to talk about the relationships I've been in, and the the pains, and the 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 moments of anger and rage and sex and uh, um, and and laughter and joy and the, the 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 beautiful, the beautiful and the and the awful. Um, so all that to say. Oh, by the way, I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist, and so clearly the psychological realm is. Uh, it's I gravitate towards that. I love it. Love talking about it. Um, so, but welcome to uh, I'm going to do another welcome here. Welcome to another uh, another mini series. So I, boy oh boy, I'm getting a kick out of doing these series and I, or mini series. So I have I have a lot <laughs> I have a lot going on. I'm doing this Beatitude series. I have this Let's Get Honest series. Um, eventually, I'm going to do this Your Symptoms Are Your Saviors series. But this is my series, my mini-series called, it's a four-part mini-series uh, there called uh, The Kingdom of Heaven is Within You. And I love that. I've, I've so gravitated towards that, that term, uh, that, that phrase that Jesus says, because it, it's, it's, it's just, it's captured my attention. It's captivated me. It's drawn me in. It's, it's why does he say that? And I'm gonna go into that. So this is a four. This, again, this is this. It's it's four parts, and there's various stories that make up this. Um, and I I did this writing. Uh, so I've written this all out first. 
which is often what I love to do because I love to write. And when I write, I'm exploring as I write. And uh, and I'm looking at it right now. God, it was, it is, nineteen and a half pages. So and that. <laughs> And that's whittling things down. And I'll probably go back and whittle down a little bit more. But that's, uh, yeah, it's a substantial amount of writing. And I did that actually over the course of um, four or five days. So this is the, the period where the coronavirus is, uh, is uh, um, uh, uh, circulating through the world. And so people are in quarantine. And uh, anyway, I don't know if I'm on quarantine. I think... I think I just like to hang out at home at times and be a homebody and and write and um and I like having a lot of time to myself. So, uh so for me, I don't know if I'm I'm adhering to the quarantine rules and and decrees there, but really I'm just <laughs> I just liking it at home. Um and uh and so uh, but but so I did this writing, this this 19 plus page writing and and it was it was a little bit of a challenge. There were moments where I got frustrated and because I'm, I was trying to con, um, conceptualize this or trying to put language around this. And, and, and these four different stories that come up in these ancient writings all are connected to me. And they kept coming up and I didn't know why, what was the relationship about them and, you know, how is this all going to piece together? And surprisingly, it ended up all fitting together. Um, so I'm really, really excited to talk about this, um, because really the, the, the background behind this, why this is fascinating to me, uh, is because this is so personal. This is about my, finding my spirituality. This is about finding, this is a, for me, a spiritual journey, finding a spiritual home within myself. Um, and, and so I, I see now even more fully, even more clearly that this really elucidated it, it really um illuminated things for me it put framework and language around uh why i think i exist um what what my life is about how life is wired in me or, or what living is how it's wired in me that that was kind of a weird phrase but um how i'm wired to live life in a way um and so I hope that this, I hope that you wrestle with this. I hope that it touches something in you and resonates in some way. Uh, it, it, it frees you up and it, it creates excitement. So, uh, so yes, um, so this is about my journey of spirituality. Now, let me say why. So for me, in the last four plus years, there's been this Un, people like to say this unraveling or deconstructing journey. Um, I differentiated from the systems I was a part of that I grew up in, the messages I ingested, and this naturally occurred in me. I, I didn't, I didn't force it. It just started happening. This restlessness, this disquieting feeling, this kind of cabin fever-like uh, experience uh, uh, arose in me. And I started to feel like, God, life is so much bigger than this for me. There's so much more to experience and explore and endeavor in and learn and express. And where I'm at right now, I don't, I feel constricted, constrained. And that's no judgment necessarily on, on the environment I grew up in, but in me, it started to outgrow it. 
And so uh, once, uh, and I, I know that sounds a little um, nebulous, and I'll, I'll get more concrete about it as I go, but, but for me, feeling lost and losing these securities, the system I grew up in, these comforts, these ideologies, right? It wasn't pleasant. And when I say it wasn't pleasant, I mean, that's, that's a really, really watered-down version of meaning or of the experience. I, honestly, I mean, because I lost religion. I lost my belief constructs. It all started to crumble. And I began to, what opened up more and more was seeing the realities of my own loneliness that lived in me. This avoided pain, this self-judgment, um, these desires and longings that had been suffocated, uh, these, these uh, relational toxicities in my family, my own dependency on people to, f- to, uh, to f- like complete me in a way, to fill this identity, right? Relationships with women. Um, it it was losing all that and being exposed to all this in myself honestly was disorienting. It wasn't unpleasant. It was disorienting. It was terrifying and angering and lonely and excruciating and panic inducing. Right? Because for me before there was ritual, there was, there was this routine, there was common, there, there, were, there was something common and tangible in my life, this faith community. When I talk about the church, I have this uh, background in the Christian faith tradition this, this, and the institutionalized church. Um, and, and, you know, there were this, this faith community, these homogenized ideals, meaning this uniform common belief system and doctrines and, and then reassurances of kind of the, the higher up officials, the, or the wise ordained leaders, the pastors and whatnot, um, that kept me really nestled safely in the unknown or in the known, I mean, and it occupied this, this vacancy within myself. And it covered over vulnerabilities and insecurities and in my true self and pains and, and, and also facing, I say, the ominous presence of mystery. And, and I know that sounds kind of dark, but it was at the time. It felt ominous. It felt, it, it, it felt heavy. It, it was terrifying. But eventually, too, this, this, the, the, effect, the effectiveness of this remedial resource these sources for me it it the the uh, it became ineffective impotent uh, vacuous and then because that all crumbled then i couldn't um i could no longer uh um i didn't have anything external to grab onto um in, in the sense that it uh that it used to used to be to me um, something that provided comfort and security. It, it, instead, now I was exposed, I could pick up, I was aware of and more attuned to the uh, sort of these frequencies going on in me, right? And, and, and all of this change started happening naturally, as I said. It started to manifest in discomfort and feeling off and doubt and questioning and what does this mean and I don't know if I agree with this. And, um, and I was now becoming more exposed to myself. There was, I like to say, this almost kind of voyeuristic, penetrating light, this exposure within. I began to see this consciousness, right? And so when I left the institutionalized church, um, there was this 
uh, often I, I, I don't know if I wanted to return. I think there, <laughs> I wanted there to be a want to return desire, but d- beneath that was there, there wasn't, it doesn't, I didn't, I didn't truly want that, but certainly in certain moments, there was this uh, hope that this wanting return to come back, to go back because I felt naked in a way. I didn't have any, this covering, right? I wanted it to be there to cure this unsettling feeling of not having anything outside myself to give me comfort. In a way, this veil had torn and the, the, the mask was off. Because now I was on this journey of finding myself, of finding my true self, who I am beneath all of this, beneath what I've been told and the judgments that I ingested from the external world, from my parents, from the church around me, from society. Who was I beneath all this? Who was I that I didn't get a chance to, 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 for it to breathe out, for it to come alive in me? Who am I that it wasn't, it wasn't invited or given permission growing up? So now, several years ago, we began this real journey. And a difficult, challenging journey at that. Okay. But and, and what who was I and what was my spirituality outside the confines of this religious um, system, the religious walls I grew up within. And so out of this, this loneliness was unearthed out of this departure. Loneliness from my past, but the loneliness just in general from not having these connections in a way anymore. And there was also the, the what was also unearthed with these painful feelings created by a malnourished love in my childhood and that had been living within me and driving my actions throughout all these years. And now this presence was fully exhibited or more and more exhibited in me. And it was often exposed and triggered by periods of falling in love and losing love and then losing the foundations that once gave me security and familiarity. Now I was kind of out there wandering, really. And I did. I, 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 when I look back, I wanted, I really, I mean, it's so wired in me that I, I want, wanted to feel so connected to others. And so in this place, it was really, it's been really messy where I would become enraged at the people around me and friends and maybe just social media and Facebook community and life when, when people didn't see it my way, the, this kind of new and changing perspectives, when someone didn't agree with that or didn't, or didn't drink it in or didn't have the same reaction that I've been having to this, it, this anger arose in me, and I know that this anger was connected to my younger years of not being seen, right? But it was a kind of burning fury that came out of this place of loneliness. And also that it was too uncomfortable to experience, to see that it existed inside myself. I wanted to get the other person to see me, to agree. And so at times, my honestly, my, my hostile reactions, it created distance. It would push people away. My, my dear friend who challenged me one time, and said, where's, where's the joy in your life, Ben? I know you're going through hard times, but where is it? I don't see it. I don't want to go there with you. I don't want to be around that. Or you when you're in this place. And she would. She'd back off. It created quite a conflict between us. But she was right on. She, she gave me my space to figure myself out. But 
You couldn't be around it because I was, I, there, I was in this place of judgment, this expectation other people should go my path and see it my way. Um, but it did. It would create chasms. Right? And it would also instigate conflict between me and a past love. But underlying these proselytizing reactions, this, this hostile evangelism that I would do were these insecurities, this, this ache of feeling disconnected, and adrift within, within myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on in me, what my passions were, what, I, what my meaning was in life, and why I was here on this earth. And, and, and what f- also felt created pain was that I couldn't instantly connect with people anymore in the way that I used to, having a similar, you know, common belief system. I couldn't instantly experience commonality with others in matters of spirituality and belief. But instead, I felt like a stranger. I felt like an alien. And yet, that was that side of pain in all of this and the hardships and the dark part of things. And when I say dark, I don't mean bad. I just mean this, this very sometimes unconscious, hard, painful experience. But yet there was this other side of this unraveling, this stripping. It was this birth in me of this energetic fuel for self-discovery and excitement for life that I'd never experienced before that had often been obstructed by judgment, by external rules, by um, this homogenized environments I grew up in. And I don't, when I say homogenized, I don't mean that as a bad thing. I just mean that like, in just everyone kind of had to kind of agree with each other in a way, or it was kind of this expectation that you saw these main core ideas and principles the same way. And, and, and also is obstructed by these messages, often messages of judgment broadcasted around me. But deep beneath this, what unearthed in all this, and this scary, wandering experience, and yet exciting, was this inherent draw to seek and explore and question and engage. And this sprung forth out of me. This mystery now becoming this, uh, now an uncharted playground. Well, now it's thrilling. When I wake up in the world and I wake up today, it's like, ooh, what's going to happen? What am I going to want to do? I don't know yet. And so, and so mystery change has changed for me. It's become this excitement, this, this exciting place, experience. It's part of life. Rather than this, I like this, this anxiety-inducing goal. Ghoul. Not goal, ghoul. And so what, what was quote-unquote off-limits in my religious community was now for me an invitation to go and seek, to discover, to connect to life uninhibitedly. And I found a greater excitement for me, for myself then with the ancient scriptures. This is why I talk about this stuff. Because, I mean, the other day I was off and on, actually in this, this period of writing, I just, I would, I was so touched and I would weep because I was so excited about this change for me. That no longer was I reading the scriptures out of obligation, you have to, and, you know, it has all the answers and all this, and, ugh, I didn't want that anymore. I couldn't, I, I couldn't enjoy those writings for myself because it was so uh, heavily steeped, loaded with judgment, with obligation, with I should and I have to. But now, there was this freedom and this enjoyment, true euphoric enjoyment 
of reading these ancient scriptures of saying, ooh, there's clues in here. There's puzzle pieces. There's things to unravel. There's stories that are teaching me something about myself. And so these, and, and, and so, and particular stories, by the way, not everything, but certain stories, certain phrases, certain things kept standing out to me that I know now. Ah, that, that, there's something there to seek, right? They were, I say they were serendipitously ruminating in my mind. But now I see that these were, these were these enigmatic invitations to investigate these old, but I like to say timeless narratives, timeless messages, these indissoluble messages. The very messages in those writings that people were exploring, discovering, and waking up to in themselves, oh man, those were resonating in me. They were the very messages that were reverberating inside, yet to be discovered. So it's this mirroring experience of when I'm, I'm un- uncovering these stories, I'm reading, I'm, actually I'm not reading, I'm writing, <laughs> I'm writing through them, from, from them, writing, writing it all out. It's, oh my God, it's mirroring something in me. It's reflecting something in me. And I don't mean that in a negative way, I mean that in an exciting way. I became intrigued and I found these, 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 Enigmatic literary expressions all the way thousands of years ago that were written that had clues that drew me into explore and dance with and discover my own story. I think were threaded in the text. And so for me, this existential fraying, this 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 unraveling of existence for me. My departure from the known. And then this changing, evolving self-conversion in a way. It, it, it opened me up inevitably to a bolder, more vulnerable, more genuine and passionate embrace of existence. And yet, in that, and this has been in a recent discussion actually with my therapist, and, and, and also this is... This is why I'm, I'm leaving my practice and leaving family and home and friends and I'm going to explore life. It's because there's been this one lingering and unsettling part of myself that's remained, my spirituality. Right? Or there's more to be discovered, I think, as I go out on this journey. And there's this increasing, growing, deepening this connection to myself, this security in myself solidifying that, but also defining my spirituality, my spiritual home. And it's interesting because for me, it's spirituality that's not concrete in the sense that um, it exists in ritual, in routine, in attendance of church, or, or um, it, it has, it, it's outside the realms of that. It's a spirituality that lives and breathes within myself. What does it mean to live spiritually, to live in the spiritual existence, to live out of that? So this then provoked more questioning and exploration because the reality is I'm not just human. When I say human, I don't mean in the sense that I'm just some physiological, chemical assembly of things. You know, that I roam the earth for a period of time and I consume and I stockpile objects and put money in the bank and live for some unpredictable amount of time and then I wither and die and 
dissolve into the ground and and then indistinguishably <laughs> blend back into the elements that at once piece me together. No. I'm not just that. Now there's something more than just the skin. Than just this blood circulatory this circulatory system and muscular system and bone structure. No, there's more to me than that. There's more. So much. And that's the thing, is that there, there's profoundly more to me. And to you. There's this spiritual frequency in this realm flowing within myself, burning, dynamic, active, igniting. And it's tangibly experienced. And it, it is through the physiological parameters in me. It compels me to indulge, to enjoy, to connect and embrace fully this unpredictable and mis wonderfully mysterious life. And for me, I know that I'm part of something much larger than myself beyond me. There's this ineffable presence that honestly eludes naming. It's why the, the, the Israelites would say Yahweh. Right? This, this presence that can't be named. And when I say presence, I don't even like saying that because it objectifies this. I don't know what's beyond me. Right? But it's, it, it escapes it's inoculated from demystification, from domestication, from mitigation. Right? But this thing that's beyond me, it, it, it's, it's not even just beyond me, it's in me. Instead, it welcomes, it lives, it's experienced deeply inside myself. And so this writing... It's all about me exploring the realm within myself. I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm not saying you got to stick to my way. I've, I've done that. It doesn't work out. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, it, it, yeah. Um, but but it, it, it's about finding this realm, putting words and language around it that I believe inherently dwells within all of us, honestly. But it's often covered over by external frequencies, as voices around us, the external world at times, as judgment, this self-protective barriers and comforts. And I think obfuscate this, this intuitive, active, creative, vibrant life force awaiting release, this itching to be experienced, and, and, and itching to be uninhibitedly expressed. So this is about me exploring my religion and putting words to my, exploring my religion, exploring my spirituality and putting words to it outside the walls of religion. That for me, and I don't, I don't say this bad, but in a bad way, is that but within this experience of, uh, of being within the religious walls that I've felt domesticated, tamed, mitigated, and yet there's this wild, unfettered, inherent nature and energy that's pulsating within me to love to experience love, to give meaning to life, to bring forth my whole deeply connected self with existence, to engage intimately in the midst of uncertainty, right? When I say uncertainty, I say, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where life is headed. But man, I'm going to hop in. So, that brings me to this first part of this series called The Kingdom of Heaven is Within You, and this first part is called The Kingdom of Heaven is Within You. And so, for me, what if the riches of life, 
the richness of life too. It's not out there in the external world. It doesn't it, it's not can't be found in homes or precious objects or who we marry or date or the successful careers we have. What if the security and satisfaction that we try to extract through external means it's a fantasy and illusion. I don't mean those things can't be enjoyable. I don't mean that that we that we truly you know, and like I said, just enjoy having these things. It's not what I'm talking about. But what if this this deep inner security and satisfaction doesn't come through that? And what if I'm going to create more disappointment here? What if heaven? And we all know about heaven, right? Because it's it's talked about. Unless you've lived in a hole, heaven is a conversation that's that's circulated throughout humanity. But what if heaven is not? It's not some distant future celestial euphoric existence. What if heaven, it's less of a fantasy that's rendered through brightly colored artwork that we see, but what if instead it's the very reality we find ourselves immersed in? What if, could it be that this kingdom that I'm going to talk about, could, that, that's a hot topic, right, that's conversed about in the ancient writings, what if it can be found now, presently? not corralled or trademarked by an elect religious group, but what if it's closer in proximity and more accessible than we've ever realized? Huh? I should just stay silent there and let that, let that sit and stir. What if it's right now? What if it's inside of us? What if it's inside, it's outside, it's, um, but mostly inside? What, what if... It has to do with our embrace of life. Well, let me go further. So in the ancient scriptures, right, there's this fascinating dialogue that happens between Jesus and the Pharisees. Right? And it's sparked, this dialogue is sparked by the Pharisees. And they ask this question. Right? And they ask him, Jesus, when is the kingdom of God going to show up? And when I say kingdom of God, I mean also mean uh, it's synonymous with kingdom of heaven. Right? So, when they ask, where's this kingdom, you know, when's it going to show up, all right? When, when's it going to happen, all right? They, um, they believed that there was going to be some future restoration to their people, right? But here's the thing, Jesus then gives this mystifying answer to them. He says that the kingdom, it's not observable. You can't see it with the naked eye. He says, there's, he adds, there's, there's no external location, right? This is my language. This isn't what it says verbatim. But he's saying that, that uh, um, he says, there's no external location. It eludes any tangible region. He says that this realm, it can't be pointed out. No one can claim its place somewhere in the world. And what he says is, it's, it can't be said that it's here. Or look, it's over there. But then he says, for you see... And this is, I quote this. For you see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. So, here's the thing. <laughs> and, and this gets so missed sometimes in reading scripture. It was missed for me uh, growing up reading this stuff. But it's interesting because uh, if you really pay attention to the language here, Jesus says, for you see, he says, first he says, it can't be pointed out here and there and says, you know, it's over there and it's tangible. But then he says, for you see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And so in typical fashion, Jesus kind of responds with humor and irony. Because he just says it can't be seen, and yet he tells them, uh, look, 
right? So when he says, for you see, he means look. But it's different, right? It's a different looking. He says, um, basically what he's saying is that they're looking in the wrong place. It's not going to be there or here or wherever. But paradoxically, he says the kingdom that they have been anticipating to come, hoping that they would swoop in and change everything, it's right here. It's now. It's always been. But he says it's not just right here. Because here it just is nebulous, right? He says more specifically it's in your midst. Meaning, when it's translated in the Greek, it means inside or within. Hmm. Well, that's kind of strange. What does that mean? So this kingdom talk, let me go further than this. This, this whole kingdom talk, just, just the language kingdom, right? It's, it's, it's intriguing to me because it's, it's a connotation that was familiar to the culture at the time. Because when you think back, when you look back, who ruled the planet, the earth, their territory, were emperors and kingdoms, right? They ran the show, the operation, and they were considered really the provider of one's well-being. You paid the big guys, the big dogs, you, you paid your dues, and you followed the rules and decrees, and you got, you got, you know, the necessities you needed to survive. And so the Jews then were under this impression that God, right, this divine being, um, would, would somehow take the reins, whatever that means, and, and put an end to these quote-unquote pagan kingdoms, those quote-unquote ungodly kingdoms. Those are it's not my language, right? But that's, that was their belief, that, that, that uh, God was going to take over and start running the show. Now, when Jesus says this then, this isn't good news to the Israelites in the religious community. <laughs> At least not from their perspective, because they were banking on this whole Christ, Messiah, Savior guy, right, that was talked about incessantly throughout the scriptures, right? They thought that Christ was going to swoop in valiantly and clear out the evildoers and set things straight and restore the kingdom to the rightful owners. However, it appears, though, based on Jesus' response, was that this wasn't going to go according to what they idealized. This wasn't going to be part of the plan. Instead, Jesus, which is what he commonly does, is he ruptures this and he flips this whole like commonly held belief upside down. And so this is unfortunate, at least for the Jews, that this kingdom was happening somewhere else. Not out there in the external world, but right in the heart and the soul of oneself. Now, this is so unfamiliar to humanity back then and, um, and humanity today. Right? Because... Um, there's always been this, the way life has been set up, it's been constructed, is there's been a lot of reliance and stock placed on external resources, right? The, the, the big dogs, the big companies to help us feel secure and satisfied and at peace internally. It's just, it's not good or bad. It just has been this ingrained way of living and existing. We work to survive, reduce risk and mitigate the unknown. We create internal security through external sources, and depend on the forces at large to bring about a quality of life marked by contentment and safety, right? And when I say this, I don't mean this, that this is wrong. 
this just has been kind of the, the sort of the rhythm of life. But Jesus then is saying that to them, this isn't going to occur the way that you've imagined. You know, all this stock you put in that 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 this divine force would take over the show by destroying these kingdoms at large in a probably in a drastic, valiant, cinematic, Hollywoodized way. Rather, he's talking about this kingdom, this kingdom of heaven, this restoration, this everything you need breathes and lives inside your very self. Well, that's a big disappointment then to the Israelites. But maybe, maybe it's more exciting and freeing and life-changing than one's realized. Because according to Jesus, right, this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven, is a, it's in existence now. And it can be accessed now. And it, begin, it can be accessed now because it lives inside of ourselves. Well, that's kind of weird and strange, right? I mean, even when I talk about this, it's just, it's kind of bizarre. It doesn't make sense. It feels kind of intangible, nebulous, elusive. It does. What the hell does that mean, right? I can put language around... What, the, what they thought the kingdom was and what that meant and how kingdoms ruled back then. Right? But what does that mean then when the kingdom lives inside yourself? There's this, there's this provision going on inside, this ruling going on inside, everything you need, the source of satisfaction and contentment and enjoyment and peace and lives inside your very self. Because that's what, that's, that's what they hoped would come from this kingdom is that they'd be at peace, they'd be at rest, they'd be restored, they could enjoy life. But Jesus is saying that this can happen right now. It happens inside your very self. The location is inside. So yeah, it's kind of enigmatic. And it's kind of esoteric. And it feels, again, it's very mystifying and it feels elusive. And it is, maybe, until, until you start pulling this thread a little bit more, right? Until I started pulling this, I began to found, find clues in other scriptures, other areas that started to uh, clarify and illuminate what Jesus is talking about. And so for me, that excites me. That I, I love this because I've I've gravitated towards this phrase for a long time. And I knew eventually I gotta write about it. Or I want to. Or I can't not write about it. I can't not explore it. I can't not talk about it. It's too exciting. And the thing is, is that was said back then, but it exists now. I believe. That home the kingdom, spirituality, this, that, so is within you. It's within us. It's within me. So, on that note, to be continued, right? <laughs> I hope that that gives you a little bit of a cliffhanger because um, 
because there's more. And I'm excited to talk about more. I'm excited to uh, journey further into this. It was a hard and challenging writing, but I love it. And I love looking back at it. And I love talking about it. So, stay tuned for the next part of The Kingdom of Heaven is Within You. Oh, and I'll give a little clue. It has to do with children. Till next time.